Hey, did you know? Even though others have produced culture pearls, Mickey Muddle was the first to hold a patent on pearl technology in 1893. This changed the pearl industry from relying heavily on natural pearls, soon influencing legal and historical debates on who was the first to create round culture pearls and are culture pearls real? Hello, and thank you for joining. This is Pearl Weekly, the podcast that brings together the history, the science, and fashion icons behind your favorite pearls. I'm your host, Caitlin Foster. This week is focusing on the scientists and entrepreneurs that have shaped Japanese Akoya culture pearls. We have discussed the people who contribute to the advancements of culture pearl industry. We are continuing with last week's episode, The Innovators of Culture Pearls. If you have missed that last episode, we strongly recommend you to go back and have a listen. This is part two of The Innovators of Culture Pearls. Before Kokichi Mikimoto was able to establish his world-renowned pearl company and the Mikimoto Pearl Island, he started his career running a family-owned business at a young age. The skills he developed in his early years would help Mikimoto carve out his own path in the pearl industry and establish his brand, the Mikimoto Pearl Company. During a Tokyo exhibit, Mikimoto was introduced to Professor Mizaki, who was a professor at the Mizika Marine Biology Station at the University of Tokyo. This chance encounter would change the history of culture pearl industry in Japan. Professor Mizaki and the University of Tokyo would be the link to bring a lot of Japanese innovators together. In Japan during the Igo period, the government developed a program to educate Japanese people, giving them the opportunity to form fisheries and also research education. Professor Mizaki invited Mikimoto back to the University of Japan's research facility to discuss earlier and present-day technology advancements of pearl farming from around the world, along with how it would benefit Mikimoto to culture pearls. After the demonstration at the Marine Biology Station, Mikimoto eagerly took up culture pearls, began making experiments working on his farm in a go bay located in Shurim, Japan. Mikimoto searched to find the best kind of foreign object to be inserted in an oyster. He tried everything from lead, glass, clay, and even wood. He would place these foreign objects meticulously in different areas of the oyster. Nothing worked. Until around 1890, it all paid off. Mickey Muddle was successfully cultivating hemispherical blister pearls. Blister pearls are pearls that form outside the pearl sac and grow between the shell and the mantle tissue. Mikimoto and his staff would then cut the blisters from the shell to make Akoya marbles. These are half pearls that are made into jewelry pieces. Nine years later, he was able to operate a full-scale production of culture pearls and open a pearl shop in Tokyo's top shopping area, the Gizi District. Mikimoto pioneered the large-scale cultivating and processing of pearls. But Mikimoto was not stopping there. He had bigger goals to sell culture pearls worldwide. 
As Mikimoto worked on expanding his business, a carpenter named Takashi Mies was studying at the Mi Prefecture Fisheries Experimental Station to learn about pearl farming at the research facility. Takashi Mies was developing a tool to help with culture pearls. Eight years later, Nishiwaga, a biologist at Tokyo University, went to Australia in 1901. During that time, he was probably exposed to the technology development by Savion Kent, making round South Sea cultured pearls. When Takashi Nishiwaga returned back to Japan in 1902, studying at the University of Tokyo and the Mikimoto Pearl Research Laboratory, where he developed his technique on creating whole Akoya round cultured pearls. As Nishiwaga filed a patent for his brown Akoya culture pearls, it's when then he discovered that Mies filed a patent eight years earlier in 1907 for his graphene needle on a similar technology. I'm not sure on how long it took Mies and Nishiwaga to come up with the agreement, but Nishiwaga backdated his discovery and on September the 2nd, 1908, they filed a patent called the Mies and Nishiwaga Method. It involved a starter bead from the thick shell of a freshwater mollusk and a small mantle tissue from a donor oyster. This is then inserted into a host oyster, creating Akoya cultured pearls. Six years after Mies and Nishiwaga agreed on filing their patent jointly, Mikimoto and Nishiwaga came to a business agreement where Mikimoto was able to use the patent. Mikimoto's business rapidly grew. With the ability to produce round cultured pearls by the millions, he was able to make it affordable for everyone. Mikimoto made his way to Paris in 1919 to begin selling his spherical round Akoya cultured pearls in Europe, the center market for natural pearls. He started in London and worked his way to Paris. While in Paris, Mikimoto had to deal with controversy claims that culture pearls were fraudulent. The claims got so severe that a lawsuit was formed called the Paris Trials. By the end of the trials, they proved that culture pearls were not fictitious. They were no different than natural pearls. This court case made it easier for governments, jewelers, and consumers to accept culture pearls as a gemstone. Mikimoto took this win and proceeded to promote culture pearls, placing Akoya culture pearls in Japanese films, pageant crowns, jewelry shows, and any gym fair. Eventually, this solidified Mikimoto's brand and his name in the history of cultured pearls. Remember, no matter how you wear your pearls, they're the last thing to be put on and the first thing to be taken off. Thank you so much, friends. This is all for Pearl Weekly. For more information, visit us at pearlweeklypod.com. Follow us at Pearl Weekly on Instagram. Show us how you wear your pearls. Hashtag Pearl Weekly Pod. We will be back with a new episode next week. Leave a review wherever you listen to Pearl Weekly. <laughs>